Hi everyone, welcome to the Better Boyd podcast. This is a podcast started between, or that has been formed between Boyd County Tourism and Convention Bureau and Boyd County Economic Development. Our goal for this podcast is to highlight local leaders and business owners, give them a platform to come on here, talk about what they're doing, what they're doing for our community, changes they'd like to see, and really anything that um, they, they have coming up that they want the public to know about. So to get started, we're going to do a few introductions. I'm going to pass this over to Justin Pruitt, who is the Boyd County Project Manager. Justin, if you want to take it away, tell everyone a little bit about yourself and your role here in the county. Sure. Thanks, Courtney. Um, like uh, Courtney said, I'm the Project Manager for the Boyd County Fiscal Corps. Also, I work in Boyd County's uh, Community and Economic Development. I'm 29 years old. I have uh, been with the county since I was 17, so i was cutting grass in the park about four days after my high school graduation, and I've been here ever since. And that's pretty much me. I want to pass it on to TJ. Talk about your beard for a minute. You, you grow, you grow really nice <laughs> yeah, beard. I do have a nice beard. That's usually my trademark, so you get to know me. It's <laughs> my beard. I uh, also manage the uh, Boyd County uh, Convention and, and Art Center out in Boyd County. It's the big... Uh, green-looking building. looks like a horse barn when you first look at it, but then when you walk in, it's a much different place. And uh, you catch me there on the weekends all the time. we got weddings and boxing matches and things of that nature, and all that falls into the department that I work for, and that is uh, the department that's led by the guy that's getting ready to speak now. His name is uh, T.J. Morrison. He's our Boyd County Community and Economic Director, and I'll let him talk a little bit. Thanks, Justin. So as Justin said, I'm the Director of Community and Economic Development for the Boyd County Fiscal Court. I'm a lifelong resident of Boyd County. I graduated from the University of Kentucky, spent some time in the private sector, and then made my way back into uh, the world of politics and government in 2017. Uh, I worked in Frankfurt for a couple years before coming up here and taking this position. Uh, love this community, love the team that I'm working with, uh, today, the ones we have here on the podcast, as well as Judge Cheney and several others that are motivated and passionate about moving this community forward. And hopefully this podcast will just be another tool in our arsenal uh, to move us in the, a new direction, a better direction, and create the future that we hope our kids will want to stick around for. So that's me and Justin in a nutshell. But I think Courtney has one of the more interesting uh, story. She has not been around for uh, the last few years. So, Courtney, tell us a little bit about how you came back to Boyd County and your story. So, um, I grew up here in Boyd County, a uh, Catlicksburg kid, <laughs> went to Catlicksburg Elementary and graduated from the high school in 2009. Um, after graduating high school, I did the thing I thought I would never do, literally up until the week that I moved. <laughs> and I moved away to Cleveland, Tennessee for school and then got down there, um, loved the area. So after graduating from Lee University, moved to Chattanooga, Tennessee for a few years. And then most recently, um, past two years in Nashville. So I've been away for 10 years and I had a year that I had not actually got to come home and visit any at all. And so I just had a uh, home on my mind. I came back to visit in September of 2019 and got to town, felt like a crazy person because I went to lunch with my best friend at the Winchester and bawled my eyes out <laughs> telling her that... <laughs> 
I thought I wasn't just homesick, but now that I'm here, I feel like I actually need to move back. And then crazy doors just opened with this position and started interviewing for the job in November and made it back home January 2020. <laughs> and so now I'm here. I'm the uh, executive director for Boy County Tourism and Convention Bureau. We're a new tourism commission here to highlight all parts of Boyd County. And it's been um, a challenging but exciting year. <laughs> and so... <laughs> well, COVID doesn't make it any easier. <laughs> no. You may have noticed uh, a little bit of an online presence from us with social media, doing some live stream shows. And most recently, we actually just had our first in-person uh, community event. And now that we're kind of getting... Um, into the holiday seasons that are coming up, you'll definitely be seeing some more events from us popping up that you'll be able to actually attend in person. So that's exciting to be working on those. Another goal, I think, too, that we talked about with this podcast was uh, behind letting our community get to hear more from our community leaders is, is understanding who is actually in their leadership, who is in their government, something that right. hasn't happened a lot in local government, probably as a whole across the state of Kentucky, probably the nation. But definitely here in Boy County. So I think one of the things that Justin kind of touched on was he mentioned that he is 29 years old. Well, I'm 30 years old, and Courtney I'm 29. is 29 as well. So we are actually one of the youngest administrations probably across the state. Um, I think that's something that's very unique to us. Uh, let's talk about that a little bit. How have, have you all seen that that has played into how we – not only govern, but how we approach new challenges and new projects that we're going after. I think it's uh, I think we've changed a lot of things how we operate and stuff. I, this is the third administration that I've worked for, and uh, we don't do things as the other ones have done in the past. Like it's it's faster pace, it's quicker. It's um, we're willing to try some things, even if you know they don't work all the time. Like we or at least willing to put it out there and see what happens. I think we've had a lot of success so far, especially for a community engagement. I think a lot of the stuff that we were able to do out at the convention center last year was was huge, and that was by, you know, giving it back to the community and having so many different events. I mean, we had a vendor fair this past weekend, end of August, that, you know, due to COVID, we had to be careful with how many people we let in, but we probably had 300 to 600 even more people come over the course of the day that showed up and that's just that's huge for even during this pandemic and just all the way our parks are now and the way things that we've been doing like it's just it's definitely a unique and fresh take on local government and we're out there we're more transparent so podcasts like this like if you want to know what's going on you just have to ask or listen because it's out there we put it out there Right. Courtney, what was your take when you got back home and you, you were applying for a job uh, with a government entity <laughs> yeah. with a lot of leaders that were around the same age as you? That was definitely intimidating. I'll just go ahead and say it here. I knew that I was going to be interviewed by guys that I went to high school with. <laughs> <laughs> and I was telling my friends as I'm interviewing, like, oh, this is so intimidating. <laughs> like, even if, you know, we didn't we went to a small school. So it's not, we knew of each other, whether sure. or not we were actually friends in high school. It's, you still know that person. And I actually went to school my entire uh, life with your wife, TJ yep. Shelby. So, um, yeah, that was, it was definitely intimidating, but it, it is refreshing. And I'll just say this, um, coming back after being away for a while, 
you know, coming in with some fresh eyes. There's, I definitely see among our age group that there's just more of a willingness to be collaborative, which I think is huge and is what's going to make a difference is that we're willing to work together and, you know, those who have a true passion to move things forward are willing to put politics aside um, to come together and do that. Um, and so there there are a lot of people in the area that are willing to collaborate. And I think it's those who are our age, honestly. <laughs> right. Well, I think that collaboration is a is a great point of kind of discussion that we talk about all the time in our day to day. And it actually is something that all three of us have in common at the table is I was part of the inaugural class of Bright Leadership Kentucky, which is mm-hmm. a uh, subsidiary of Leadership Kentucky for individuals in ARC counties that are between 20 and 40 years of age. And you guys are part of the second class of Bright that is currently going on. And actually, Bright was just in town last mm-hmm. week here in Ashland, Kentucky. Uh, so you guys talk about a little bit about your experiences with Bright, and then maybe I'll talk about mine a little bit and how they differ. Yeah, so it's definitely been an awesome experience. And just, you know, honestly, for the program to be as new it as it is, and just it's kind of crazy the impact, you know, that I feel like it's already made on your class and my class. So I can't imagine what it'll be like, you know, five, 10 years down the road, um, as long as they're able to keep it going. So yeah, definitely. Um, the biggest impact for me so far with the program is just being able to build my network. So having been away, coming back, it's, you know, nice to make connections across, you know, our Appalachian region and, um, it's just refreshing to know that there are so many people who are wanting to blend the county and city lines and, you know, move forward to make to our area a better place. Just because we have so many hidden gems um, in this area. And I think, you know, the the tension or the, the competition, the politics um, have really held us back. And it's just refreshing to know that there's a whole new generation that's ready to move forward and that it's not going to stay that way anymore. <laughs> right, I totally agree. And first off, I got to give a shout out to the Delta and the Winchester because that's where we yes. had the majority of our session in Ashland and the Winchester like knocked it out of the park with the food. Oh like, yeah, everyone was, loved it. Yeah, I mean, that's a versatile kitchen they've got. We had taco bar, an Italian bar, and we had all kinds of stuff. But And another little shout out to Jason Camp, who yes. is one of the owners of the Winchester uh, is actually a member of our tourism board. Right, right. And we, it's just, Bright's been so much fun, and not just fun, but just eye, eye-opening. Like, I come home mm-hmm. after every session, I'm just like, man, it's like, this is something. We need to try to do something that, you know, Pulaski County's done, or we need to try to do something like Boone County's done, or anything of that nature. It covers 54 counties and through the ARC, which is what the grant's paid for, for this Bright mm-hmm. leadership. And it's... I have met so many great people and so many diverse people in the room. Like, it's really come from all backgrounds. We have trial lawyers there. I'm a project manager. We have tourism directors. We have um, a couple people that have got their doctorates in education. We have uh, a Kentucky representative that's in the class. And to meet these people and to see what they do in their areas and then actually for them to be able to come to our home and kind Mm -hmm. of see what we do here, 
you know, it was it was a great experience so far. We've got three more sessions left in uh, September, October, November, and it's just I can't wait to get back. Like we're gonna we're gonna be in Berea next Tuesday yeah, after Labor Day, and awesome. and we found out that we're going to the Red River Gorge. So I'm pretty pumped about that. Mm-hmm. So that'll be a good couple <laughs> days. Which is where I started my bright journey right. at last year. Uh, and what I was so excited to see that you two made it into the program and why I was so adamant to try to get you in was how beneficial it was for me. Uh, two things with professional development they seem to be is dry and expensive. And what's awesome about Bright Leadership Kentucky is it is so substantive of what you learn and who you meet. And it's completely covered by a grant through the federal government, through ARC, mm-hmm. the Appalachian Regional Commission, which is phenomenal because this training would be $2,500 to $3,000 if you were to buy it outright through Leadership Kentucky for their other programs. You know, Justin kind of talked about a little bit of the networking and all of the different types of people that is in his class. It's no different from my class. And what has been awesome for us to experience through here at the courthouse and through our the way that we go through projects and the way we govern is whenever a question comes up, I have 50 other people that was in this class with me that are now not just peers, but they're friends that I can call upon. We had a question last year right before uh, a bill or right before uh, a court meeting about an issue that was coming up that was affected by a bill that was being passed by the General Assembly. Representative Derek Lewis was in my class and is a good friend of mine. We picked up and we called, and he told us he was one of the sponsors. He told us everything about the bill. We knew everything about that subject that we would have not had had I not been in Bright. There's been several other things from an economic development standpoint. We are we have created a partnership that we're hopefully will announce some new things in the next coming months with the city of Somerset. Uh, Mayor Keck has been phenomenal. Uh, Bobby Clue, who's the executive director of their chamber, and Cody Gibson, uh, these community leaders that have just reached out and embraced us as a community here in eastern Kentucky. And it's something that I said a long time ago was when you come back home and you are younger and you do get involved with your community, sometimes it feels like you're on an island. And I'm blessed to have four or five people that are right here beside me that are around my same age and we're always pushing in the same direction. But even then, it feels like we're on an island. And what Bright did was it really just kind of opened my eyes mm-hmm. that at my class there was 50 and in your class there's 50. Right. And it, you know, we aren't on an island. We have yeah. this whole community of Eastern Kentucky that's pushing in the same direction. Uh, and then it's going to reach out to Western Kentucky too. I mean, th- these ideas are not going to be just stuck in one part of the state. It's going to better our state and probably create leaders uh, for our state for years to come. Yeah. There's a couple people in our class that work for Western Kentucky. So they've got those connections already in Bowling Green in that area. So it's it's been really good so far. We're looking forward to... It's awesome. I'm excited for next week. I already know I'll be super bummed whenever it's over. (laughs) It's definitely been a highlight of 2020 for sure. sure. It's a great program for sure. And... uh, you know, one of the things about Bright is it is braced, it is shaped around young leaders in the region, which is 20 to 40. And like we have talked about, or Courtney talked about, the goal of this podcast is to introduce our community to their leaders, community leaders, and explain and have them discuss and talk and, and kind of break down that wall that sometimes can be there that you can't get completely through a Facebook post or completely through a phone call or text message. And instead of waiting until next week, to have, or our next podcast, I should say, uh, to have our first guest, we decided to go on and uh, 
have our first guest this week. So this week, we are incredibly excited to have the youngest judge executive in the state of Kentucky, our judge executive, our friend, our colleague, and judge executive, Eric Cheney. Eric. (laughs) Hello, hello. Thank you all for having me on. Courtney, you touched on something, and it's, it's exactly right. Youth leadership is the future of Kentucky. It is the future of the United States. It is the future of Boyd County, and right now we're living it. We're doing it. And what you all are getting through Bright Leadership, TJ, what you got through Bright Leadership is indispensable. It's unbelievable the opportunities that this has just given this community. Um, we made it pretty clear when we was running for office that uh, you know we wasn't going to go with the status quo. We was going to go against the grain a little bit. We was going to try some new things, new directions, new ideas. And I feel we've done that. I really do. I feel that, uh, of course, we haven't tackled everything, but we're working on it. So what you all do on a daily basis is vitally important to what the future of Boyd County is. You know, we've talked a lot about youth leadership. We've talked a lot about being young. Yes, there is some some downfalls to that, you know, and we've talked about um, some different aspects of that. But at the same time, something that we bring to the table that's never been brought to the table in this county is the ideas that comes from youth, the ideas of actually what's going on in the world. What can, what can what can we do to make a difference? So we've we've tackled a lot of them. One of those, Courtney, was uh, was through tourism. You know, we tried for months to to work a deal uh, to be able to kind of revamp uh, the the tourism board that we had here in Ashland, Kentucky, and you know we couldn't work a deal. So well, we just went ahead and split off. We created our own. Um, now, what I like is the fact that every time that you all post something on Facebook, it includes the city of Ashland. You know, it includes the city of Calixburg. Uh, you tag the other tourism bureau. I mean, that's teamwork. So a lot of things was kind of, and TJ, you can touch on this too, but a lot of things was kind of some misconceptions. And one of those was we wanted to split to be different. We wanted to help build that divide. No, that's not the case at all. We wanted to make sure that something was working for all of the county, not just for one set area you know so that was a that was a major uh hurdle that we done and i think uh courtney i think you've done a fantastic job i think you'll Thank continue you. to do a fantastic job you have incredible ideas so i'm excited to see what uh, boyd county tourism can pump out in the in the following years i think that's a great point judge uh the one thing that i saw throughout that process was uh, what you said, some that thought that we were dividing it or we wanted to divide it to the, the county was going to do its thing and the city needed to do its own thing. And one thing that you made clear from the jump was this was to make both groups better. And I think that with Courtney leading our group here in Boy County and then the new revamp of Visit AKY, shout out to them on Facebook. Um, if you see the product and the content that both groups are putting out, they feed off each other. They have, they are literally making each other better day by day. And instead of having one group that's pushing in the forward direction to bring tourism and to make tourism a Boyd County product or an Ashland product, we have two separate groups that are, in my opinion, killing it with new branding, with excitement, with content, with initiatives and contests and, and all these things that we had always wanted to see and what now we're seeing it, but we're seeing it twofold. Right. How how do you think that that's working out from your viewpoint, Judge? I think it's working out great. I mean, I think that I really feel that there's a sense of unity right now that hasn't been in Boyd County in a very long time. I really sense that. Uh, we work very well with uh, with city government, whether it's Catlicksburg or Ashland or 
whether it's the different offices in, in, in either in either place. So we, we work really good together. We all promote ideas. So the bottom line is this. Bottom line is, you know, if, if Ashland wins, Boyd County wins. If Calixburg wins, Boyd County wins. You know, if Boyd County wins, Ashland and Calixburg both win. And that's a viewpoint. I think it's been kind of in the past, the way that I feel is it's like, well, we'll take care of ourselves and we'll let everybody else kind of take care of themselves. Well, that ain't the way it's going to work in today's world. That's just the bottom line. That ain't the way it's going to work. You're not going to get anything done, you know. So you work together where you can, and I think there's a lot of areas that we could really uh, work together better on, one of them being economic development. I think that a door is still kind of up on that. I think that, uh, you know, if we would work together, whether it would be form an organization or work through the alliance or however it would be, I think that there's opportunities uh, to, to really strongly compete with Northern Kentucky, Louisville, and Lexington. So they have some advantages. Yeah, of course they got more people. Of course that they're, the, you have two metro governments in Louisville and Lexington. But what they don't have, they don't have West Virginia on one side, Ohio on the other. They don't have the Big Sandy and, and the Ohio River. They don't have the rail transportation that we have. They don't have the, you know, some of them have some of these things, but not them all have what Eastern Kentucky has, what Boyd County has, you know. So play to your strengths. And that's why, I mean, I've, I've been a, an ad, uh, advocate for it, and I, I support the wet vote. Um, you know, we should have an answer later this week um, on whether that's going to be on the, uh, on the ballot in November. So I'm excited. There's a lot of opportunities here. There really is. Right. Well, we will get to the wet vote for sure here in a little bit, but <laughs> I want to back it up for just a second. And I know that you had talked about youth leadership in your introduction. Uh, as I introduced you, I mentioned that you are the youngest judge executive in the state of Kentucky at 30 years of age. You were 28, right, when you were elected. That's right. So what I would like for you to do, if you don't care, is explain to us how you went from not being involved at all to being the youngest judge executive in the state of Kentucky. All right. Well, there's a... (laughs) There's a story that you know, and you just set me up for this, but uh, the uh, bottom line is this. I remember 2014, I believe, working shift work at the refinery, and I know anybody listening that's worked shift work, they they know exactly what I'm getting ready to say. Two, three o'clock in the morning, you start having those conversations, you know, and they can be about anything, whether they're politically charged or whatever. They can be about anything, but uh, truth comes out at two or three o'clock in the morning, you know, so... We sitting there at the kitchen table and uh, in the control room, and we was on a politically charged conversation. And I remember listening to what everybody had to say. There's a lot of men there that I respect wholeheartedly. Uh, there's a lot of men there that are good friends of mine. There's a lot of men there that, you know, I would follow any day of the week. And they they had a, a lot of good points of wisdom they were talking about and I could feel myself this inner burning this kind of desire that was bothering me about what we were talking about and I just remember kind of slamming my hands down on the table and just asking what are you going to do about it what are you going to do about it what are you going to do about it? everybody in the room just one at a time and something happened that I wasn't expecting and one of the guys that's been there a long time I got a lot of respect for he came up to me and he kind of put his finger out and he said what are you going to do about it and I just remember that feeling I had. It was like, I have no idea what I'm going to do about it. I don't have a clue what I'm going to do about it, but I'm going to do something. You know, I'm going to do something. I made my mind up that day that something was going to change, whether it was getting involved in my community or, or looking at different options on how we could help change things in, in state and federal government. Whatever it was, was going to try and do something. So 
uh, there was only one person that I knew to reach out to at the time, and that was uh, that was you, TJ. Um, TJ had dabbled in politics at the time, and I remember I was building my house, and I asked TJ to come over, and <laughs> we uh, we sat in a family room and had uh, all I had was lawn chairs on my uh, subfloor. It was all I had because I didn't have any furniture. There was no carpet in the house. There was nothing done, right? So we're sitting there, and um, we're talking back and forth, and I'm unloading. You remember? I mean, I am just absolutely unloading frustration after frustration after frustration. And uh, you know, TJ pretty much asked me the same question. You know, what do you want to do about it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I want to do. That's kind of why I'm talking to you. So within uh, within a couple of weeks, we was on our way to Frankfurt, and we had some really good meetings while we was in Frankfurt. And on the way back, I was driving, looked over at TJ. I said, "I'm gonna run for state rep. Run for state rep here in Boyd County." And I'm going to try and, you know, put my money where my mouth is and try and make a difference in something, try and change something. So say all that to say we uh, had full intentions again of, of running for uh, state rep in 18. And when I got a hold of Boyd County's budget, honestly, I looked through it, called TJ and talked to you know a few of my real close buddies and told them what I was going to do, talked to my wife about it. So I'd feel guilty going to Frankfurt knowing that we had uh, all the problems that have been accumulated over the past 30 years here in Boyd County. So so we're going to put our name in for the hat, uh, put our name in a hat, run for judge executive, and here we are. You know, we, we ran a race, and I value uh, transparency and honesty. And I think that that is something that I'm not going to say has, has, has been hidden from the people over the years, but I, I will say that, uh, you know, government works for you. You know, you don't work for the government. So we have every right and every you know, we we need to provide the people with as much information as possible it's their money we're using so that is something that we take uh i take to heart personally and i know the team here and the administration that we have and the fiscal court we all agree upon that so um we've got a lot of good things in the pipeline i know tj's itching to uh tj and Pruitt both itching about different projects that we have that we're working on that we want to get out there. And we're not talking small projects. We're talking millions of dollar projects, major game changers to uh, tourism in Boyd County. We're talking stuff, ideas, thoughts, everything that could bring tens of thousands of people here at a single time, you know. So we, we have a lot of good things in the pipeline. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm really excited to see what the future holds. And a few of these, and TJ touched on this, but a few of these will be brought out here in, in, in probably in the coming months. So, you know, we're working on a big one right now, uh, working on a, on, a, on a lease agreement um, for a project that could, uh, could really change the way uh, that Boyd County views, uh, say, entertainment. You know, there's going to be things to do here. There's going to be opportunities and that's what government's job is they got a niche i'm a anti-government guy everybody knows that right but we've got a niche that we can play into and if it's any of those niches create opportunity for the people then that's what we're here to do well you touched on something there for a minute about uh economic development tourism now it's something that, that a lot of people in economic development would probably argue don't go hand in hand and it's something that we have fully embraced that they do go hand in hand. Uh, when Justin and I last year were uh, fortunate enough to partake in a the Kentucky Institute of Economic Development a program put on by the Gatton Business College at the University of Kentucky. And one of the first things that one of the first speakers said, and he'd been in economic development for 40 years, 
was that 85% of all location decisions are based on quality of life. Now, you can argue semantics one way or the other if that's true or not, but either way, quality of life is a large portion of the decision that these companies are making. Well, what's the one sector of the economy that can kind of play both sides of that? And that is tourism. Tourism can both be quality of life and its own economy. Uh, explain how you see that. What do you see the future of the partnership between economic development and tourism, uh, much like this podcast, how it's going to change the way that we look at economic development and our economy here in Boyd County going forward? They coexist because they have to coexist. They have to go hand in hand. And whether that's you know, tourism in Ashland or tourism in Boyd County or tourism in Catlicksburg, all of that is an irrelevancy. Tourism and economic development, they belong together, especially in eastern Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Now, you can there are going to be people that will argue that point, but this is a conversation that you and I and Pruitt, we've had too. And this is, you know, a lot of these things, you look at big industry, right? Because that's what Boyd County was. You know, I mean, Boyd County had, you had Ashland Oil here. You had 7,500 people working at AK Steel. Well, I don't know how many was working at the, at the Coke plant when it was, you know, running wide open. But we don't have that anymore. And everybody talks about this heyday. You know, my dad talks about it all the time, talks about the heyday, the good old days, right? Well, guess what? There ain't nobody here that was alive in the good old days, right? So you have to find your own future, build your own future. And something that we haven't tapped is tourism. Now, tourism can be anything. You look at what the trail out at at Armco Park, you look at what it's done. You look about the amount of traffic that is generated that's now coming into Armco because we have a trail that people love to use that's beautiful. You know, and all the ideas that we toss around, whether it be, you know, we, we got one, we'd love to put a pond in Armco. That's something that we're talking about. Uh, we're looking at doing, putting a pond there with a walking track around it lit up. People can fish and walk and listen to the water, the fountains and all that. So they coexist because they have to coexist. The goal is to find ways to promote economic development through tourism. And we have... A beautiful way to do that right now. We really do. I mean, look at what's been done down here on the riverfront in Calixburg. There's a foundation there to build off of. You look at the riverfront down in Ashland. You know, with the statues, it's beautiful. You know, so what's a driving force behind that? It's just finding opportunities, finding ways. And, and one of the projects, of course, we can't, you know, I can't really dive deeply into, but, you know, the one of the major projects, we, we would be talking bringing 2,500 people a day that would be here for, you know, a week or longer. So, you know, people can kind of put two and two together to <laughs> kind of create some uh, 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 talk about that. But it, it, I don't know. It's it's a it's a beautiful thing when I think's going on here. I think that we have the right people in the right places, and I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about sitting in this room. I'm talking about what, Courtney, what you're doing with tourism, your vision, your your drive, your direction. And TJ, same with you, and Pruitt, the same with you. I mean, everybody can talk about Pruitt and and what he was doing, uh, you know, before before all this stuff happened. You're you're the definition of, of, of youth leadership through opportunity. I mean, you are, because nobody ever saw, you know, what what Pruitt was capable of. He was just another worker, right? So giving people an opportunity to shine can make such a difference in in your community. 
uh, kind of get off the beaten path a little bit. I do that a lot. But to answer your question, yes, I mean, economic development through tourism is is a push that eastern Kentucky has not hit. And, you know, whenever we get to talking about the wet vote, that's another route mm-hmm. that this can expand. Well, I think it's a thing that for some reason in our culture, in our area, it has been seen as if you are trying to promote tourism uh, through economic development or visitor-based or hospitality-based hospitality based uh, businesses that you're not focusing on industrial de- economic right. development, which is can, cannot be further from the truth. Uh, we can work on both of these projects, and that's what is actually kind of the beauty of mm-hmm. having the setup that we have with a partnership with the Ashton Alliance and Tim Gibbs, who is much better at industrial recruitment than I ever will be. He's been in this for decades. But we work hand-in-hand, and we work on projects together um, but that is still the culture that we've inherited. And I'm sure that that goes into different veins. So would you speak a little bit, Judge, about changing the culture, uh, what you came into and what you found and changing that culture into what you feel like it is today about two years later? Yeah, but let me touch on something real quick. You just said you talked about, uh, you know, working with the Alliance to to offer those industrial, you know, uh, businesses or corporations. Uh, opportunities here in Boyd County, right? So one of the things that you and I have had, had a long talk on is local government, I don't care where they're at in the state. I don't care if they're, you know, in Pikeville or if they're in Ashland or if it's all Boyd County or Cox. The tools given through KRS statute to local governments to be able to offer incentives to big businesses as far as industrial firms, they, they're they non-existent. I mean, our, our war chest for that is limited. Yeah, we got the occupation and net profit tax, which is very clearly something that I'm adamantly against. Um, but that's not that's not even remotely close to being a, an offer, uh, something that we can put out there to, to seal the deal with the business. Yeah, it'd probably help a little bit, but the state, nationalized, they work on that stuff. The state is the one that's going to really be able to have the incentives. I just want to touch on that real quick because, you know, there's, there is a lot of misconceptions as to what local government can offer. And, you know, really, you get into the Brady-sized companies, you know, local government, we can be hospitality specialists. We can be perfect and say, welcome to our beautiful home. Welcome to Boyd County. Show them all the wonderful things that we have here and offer our tiny little incentives. We can do that all day long. But the state's going to have to help out. And that's where that's where the you know big brother government for us steps in. So as far as the culture here, um, to get back to your question, it's... To me, it's 180 degrees, and I think a lot of that has to do with the energy that's been brought to this county. So, uh, yeah, of course, I had a vision, had an idea, but it's not about the person at the top. It's about all the people that work around them. You know, you're only as good as the people you work with, and I think all of us work incredibly well together. I think this courthouse runs incredibly well. I think the people uh, that are county employees have incredible amounts of passion and ideas that have never been listened to, that have never been tapped, that have never been sought after. And that's something that we've tried to change. We welcome ideas from employees of the county because everybody here is a taxpayer. You know, we welcome ideas from the community, just like what the feedback that I'm sure that we're going to get, you know, from this. There's ideas that we're going to get from this on Facebook that we need to, to, to promote. I think the culture has changed because there is a sense of positive there's a sense of positivity. There's a sense of, of a, a future, a direction, an end game, per se. You know, there is a goal in mind. This isn't just paying the bills here at the courthouse 
and and moving on. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things going on right now. A lot of projects that are that have me positively motivated, supercharged per se. That's all I can think about. Um, so the culture to me, what was versus what is is it's a 180 degree difference. Uh, what was is completely non-existent. There's some energy here. There's some passion here. There's some drive here, and there's a lot of motivation here. And most importantly, there's direction. There is a goal that all of us are trying to achieve. So hope that answers your question. Oh, it definitely <laughs> does. Um, but I think that it kind of leads us into the topic that you brought up earlier. As far as culturally changing uh, issues, I'd say that there's not many out there that would be as provoking, negative or positively, than the wet vote uh, as far as it comes to people's opinions. Talk a little bit about your viewpoint on the wet vote, um, kind of its status, what your thoughts are, and what you think that the, what kind of opportunities the wet vote will offer our community. So first off, let me start this entire thing off with there is no way that I would sit here and tell you that alcohol is the answer to every woe that Boyd County possesses. In no way, shape, or form am I going to tell you that this is going to be the economic answer that we need. But what I am going to say, and what I believe, is that it is an economic motivator in the sense that it puts us on a level playing field with everybody else. Here's the thing, and everybody listening to this or listens or, or drinks or goes and gets alcohol, they know the, they know exactly what I'm getting ready to say is true, that if you live south of the interstate, south of I-64, you get on the interstate and you go to Grayson or you go to Canova. Why? Because it's a whole lot closer to your house, and it's a whole lot cheaper. And that's just the bottom line. So, now, Grayson might be a different story, but, you know, a lot of people go to Canova. You live south of the interstate. Um, I am definitely a strong proponent for this. I think that it will put us on a level playing field with other counties, with uh, especially in our regard, it's different because we are in a tri-state area. So not only do we compete against the surrounding counties that we have, but we're also competing against West Virginia and Ohio at the same, you know, at the same token. So anything that we can do to be level, to be for it to be fair, I'm all for it. And this is one that I think, you know, the largest growing, TJ may have to correct me on the numbers here, but I think I got them. You know, fastest growing market in the state of Kentucky is bourbon market, right? It's an $8 billion industry and employs about twenty to 22,000 people in the state of Kentucky. And guess what? There ain't a distillery in Boyd County. There ain't a distillery around here, but it opens the opportunity for one to be. And we're talking about jobs that pay seventy-five to $90,000. That's, that's unbelievable, you know, just having that opportunity. You know, something we've talked about, and Courtney, you talked about this a lot too, and you know, there'll be some people here that will agree and some people that disagree, but that's part of it is, uh, you know, downtown Calixburg. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a prime example of that. There is an employer here that brings in about 200 interns every single year. And out of that 200, can anybody at this table answer me how many of them stay in Boyd County? Does anybody know? I'd say zero. not very many. Yeah. There's zero. <laughs> none. You know why? Because there ain't no opportunity right. here for that. And I mean it in the regard that kids want some, not kids, I say kids, we ain't much older than them, but, you know, People that's in college, they want something to do. They want to be able to go somewhere. And we've talked about 
how awesome downtown Catlicksburg would be if it just was the the, uh, the the nightlife per se. I'm not talking about bars stacked on top of each other. I'm just talking about having a little brew house down there. You go grab some lunch, or I'm just talking about having a little area, a little stage at the end of it to have some some music and some concerts and just get people out and about. Create the opportunity. So. I am, again, I'm a strong uh, advocate for this to pass. I understand both sides of the argument. Um, I, I, I truly do. But uh, at the same time, it's a, it's a legal substance that's, you know, this ain't prohibition. America, it's legal in America. You can have it. And um, if people can't buy it here, they're going to go buy it somewhere else, you know. And there's actually counties out there even that uh, – that have passed, that were dry, that went wet, and DUI rates inside the counties have dropped. You know, I mean, so that's that's my take on the whole thing. But you know, what's your all's what's your all's thoughts on it? Let's ask you all. What's your all's thoughts? I think you hit on something that is extremely important here, and that unfortunately I think has been missed through the campaign to receive signatures. It's it's about opportunity. Uh, no one, at least in our office is saying, myself included, and I'm sure you would echo this as well, Judge, um, no one is saying that this is going to fix everything. No one is saying that this is going to guarantee a distillery comes. No one's going to say that this guarantees a brewery will come uh, or that anything. There's nothing guaranteed at all by putting the vote wet issue on the ballot. And even if it's passed, there's nothing that guarantees that it will fix anything. However, I can tell you right now, as the judge mentioned, it's an $8.6 billion a year industry in the state of Kentucky. Now, we're not going to have all $8.6 billion of that industry in Boy County. Some people have claimed that that's, that was what I was saying, which it was not. It's an opportunity to get into that industry. There's 22,000 people on Bourbon Company's payrolls throughout the state of Kentucky. Zero of that 22,000 live in Boyd County. Right now, we cannot even go after those companies in the state of Kentucky for them to come to Boyd County because of the way our law is. And if this were to pass, we would have that opportunity. Not saying it's going to happen. Not saying that uh, even if it does happen, it's going to be the, the fix. But the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. Now, someone that could probably speak to what can happen through a, a community that embraces distilleries and breweries and entertainment districts is, is Courtney. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you saw when you lived in the Nashville metro area in Cleveland, Tennessee, and what you saw while you were down there. Uh, yeah, so I'll start in Cleveland. Um, the town that I went to school in, Cleveland, Tennessee, um, I'll just go ahead and put this out there too. <laughs> Um, it is the, not the National Church of God headquarters, but the world <laughs> headquarters um, for the Church of God denomination is located there. Um, and they made the transition from being moist like we are here to wet. Um, and I'll tell you the only difference that I saw um, in that town, and I, you know, frequented Cleveland a lot whenever I um, lived in Chattanooga or anytime I can get back just because, you know, it's nostalgic where I went to college. I love it. Um, didn't notice any like new bars necessarily going up, but I can tell you 
three brand new massive shopping centers went into that town after I moved. Three new grocery stores. Um, so, and I'm not going to say that that was all because they made the change from going too moist, too wet, but it's, you know, definitely coincidence that at the time that they did that within, you know, two, three years of that happening, that tons of new business did come into the area. Yeah, just don't worry, speak on Well, that. I think, you know, I was listening to TJ talk about that just now, and he was talking about how a lot of the stuff's not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. But the one guarantee is, is that if the vote doesn't pass or if it doesn't go through, none of that stuff's coming here. That's the one guarantee. Right. Big franchises like, I don't know, Chili's or places like that, they'll come to this area, but they're not interested in counting drinks. They're not interested in doing that stuff. They we had those come. conversations. Right. We've had those conversations. Yeah. People don't know that, but now you do because you're listening to our Better Boy podcast. But, <laughs> um, that is definitely stuff that I know for sure that will not happen. And look, you know, I, me and Courtney go to church together, and we, um, I play on the worship team and stuff. Like, it, if you don't agree with it, if it's, if it's something that – you don't want to be a part of, you don't have to be. That's what's beautiful about this country. And But I do totally agree with what Judge said. It's like it puts us on a, pl- a level playing field where we can like at least try um, managing the convention center and stuff. It opens up our doors to so many more events that we can have that we don't have the pressure of trying to, you know, bring different events without alcohol or without the opportunity to have it. Like we've, you know, we're limited now on what we can do. We can do a lot, mm-hmm. but we certainly are limited. And I just think. Well, on that note, let's talk about the convention center for okay. just a minute. Let's talk about that because, you know, prior to uh, to implementing the changes that happened there, mm-hmm. prior to investing a little tiny bit of money, which is not actually taxpayer money, which come from people. We'll get to that in just a second. <laughs> but. The building was running about negative $17,000 every single year. It was running about negative $17,000 every single year. Now, that is straight up $17,000 of taxpayer money of taxpayers in Boyd County that have to be moved to that account to cover the losses. Now, with the changes, whether it was through the prices, uh, you know, prices were cut in half, whether it was through that, whether it's through all the work that has been done on the inside of that building Mm -hmm. to make it incredible. That building's pushing about fifty to sixty thousand dollar profit right now for the past year. Well and I could give some quick numbers like when in twenty eighteen the the building it only rented twenty six times. So you're talking you had months where it just sat there empty. And you know, you walk in it had like this musty smell to it and everything was brown and didn't look very good and it never got used and you know, I think the you know, the when the idea come forward when previous administrations, you know, had that center built, I mean, I think it was on good intentions. I think they got a lot of flack for it. And I think we've been able to show that it can actually work. You know, when when Eric and TJ talked to me and gave me the opportunity, you know, TJ had all the pricing wrote out on a, a new pricing on a sheet. And we had talked, we had some conversations, but he had it all there. And he goes, what do you think? And I said, this will work. You know, and basically we put our money where our mouth was and said, we're going to give it back to the community. People in the community are aware. They already pay for it. Well, they already pay for it. (laughs) But they are aware that you do have to keep the bills paid. You do have to keep the lights turned on. But they also know that they're getting a really good bargain for what the sheer size of the building, first off. Oh, yeah. Something that has definitely benefited us during COVID is that you can social distance easy in that building because it's a massive building. And in 2019... We went from 26 events to 90 events, and we in one month, we had a boxing match. We had a wedding. We had picnics. We had 
anything you can think of in a four week span, you know, and I really appreciate the the community, you know, like coming back and being like, Hey, like we can, it, it actually gave people opportunity to like create in their own mind. And, you know, some people made a little bit of money along the way, like with these vendor fairs and little concerts people try to put on, like that's been, been absolutely huge. Well, I think Justin, that's a great comparison actually to this discussion about the wet vote uh, with the center when it was built and you were here and you're definitely more familiar with sure. it than we are. I think the center was another one of those things that promises were made without really any information that was saying that it was going to happen. Right. Uh, and when we came in and with the judge and yourself and me talking about this community, you know, which is now a convention and art center, it it was never about promising the community that it was going to do anything. It was about creating the atmosphere to where it had the opportunity to turn into Absolutely. what it ended up becoming mm-hmm. into. And I think that the wet vote and the, the moist vote in the past, is that's one of the challenges that we've had to overcome, was there was a lot of promises made on the wet vote that just weren't, they weren't based in fact. And that's why with this vote, you know, we have been vocally supportive of this initiative, but we have been very clear that this, we're not promising anything with this other than it gives us an opportunity uh, to, to go after a, an industry that is one of the leading ones in the state of Kentucky. And it's actually what our heritage is known for. Right. That's what Kentucky is. Right. You know, that's, you think, what do you, when you ask an outsider, I know Courtney's lived with the people from Tennessee, you ask him like, what do you get with Kentucky? And it's, it's bluegrass, it's bourbon. horses and bourbon <laughs> yeah. and mainly bourbon. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's basically what well, it's a huge push right it's now. It's basically what we are. Right. Huge yeah. push. And we're the only County on the East coast that the <laughs> interstate runs through. When you come into into Kentucky, we're the first three exits in the state of Kentucky. Yeah. When you come on the interstate from the East Coast, and what, uh, TJ, what's the reach? Like people can get like any like seventy percent of the country or something. Well, what is insane is when we were when working on another project, we found out that within a two hour drive of Boyd County, which is the smallest window for tourism based visitation, we're within a two hour drive of thirteen million people. Right. Which is wow. an astounding number in itself. But what is even more incredible, if you move that bar up to a day's drive, which is eight hours, we're within an eight-hour drive of 50% of the U.S. population. And I feel like that's something that's not been leveraged a lot. And, Judge, we'll let you kind of talk to that a lot. How, how many times has that came up in a conversation and or something to that kind of effect or something similar to that that people were surprised that Boyd County had an attribute like that and it hadn't been expressed? Well, I mean, that goes right back to falling in line with the status quo and just because it's always been done that way, we need to keep doing it. You know I mean? So the take has always been – if we don't, the way that I feel anyway is the take has always been: if we don't have industry, we don't have nothing. You know, is that we have to find industry to replace these jobs? We have to find, um, you know, seek these big businesses to be able to come here. And I mean, that's just that's really just 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 not a hundred percent true. Yeah, we would love to have these big industries coming here to Boyd County, but you have to play to your strengths. And right now, you know. Our strengths is going to be economic development through tourism. I firmly believe that. So knowing, when I first heard those numbers, I believe it was Governor Bevin that put them out there the first time I heard it. Um, I was actually speechless. I had no idea. But then when you think about it, geographically, the location of Kentucky and then the location of Boyd County in Kentucky and where you're sitting in a tri-state region, it makes perfect sense. It really does. So 
you know, you can play to your strengths on that. I think opportunities are out there. I think it's just about how far do you want to reach. And I've told every single person in this room this statement, and it's very true. Your job is not to worry about money. Your job is to not worry about the finances. That's my job. Because if you limit yourself to the financial box and you put your job inside that financial box and say, well, we can't come up, we can't do this idea, it costs too much money. Well, that's an irrelevancy. That's not your job. Think outside the box. How many times have I said that? And I think that's what this entire county, I think that's the move that we're headed. This entire county is headed in that direction where we're thinking outside the box. We're trying new things. So I, I'm excited to see what uh, what the future holds for Boyd County. I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to, to be the judge executive right now. I'm excited to work with all of you. I'm excited to to just keep pushing forward in a in a positive direction. So there's a lot of good things on the table right now, a lot of good projects in the pipeline, and I really strongly believe within the coming months a lot of those will start coming to light. Well, Judge, I think that this has been a fantastic conversation. You know, we are lucky, we, the three of us at this table, we get to hear these things every day, but I think a lot of the community doesn't get to hear these things. So I think this has been a great opportunity for them to hear some of the things that we're working on and hearing the passion that you have for the the role that you're in now. Uh, before we end, is there anything else that you'd like to talk about or end on? Uh, we'll give you the, the way to get us off here on air. Not nothing really in particular. Just know that, uh, you know, I understand politics and I understand the things that you read on Facebook and I understand some of the comments that you'll see on some things and, you know, the beautiful thing about politics is transparency, and that's the way that it needs to be. Government doesn't need to hide anything from uh, the people that uh, that work for them. So what we're trying to do, just please know that we're as transparent as it gets. My door is always open. My phone is always on. My cell phone number, 606-922-7742. You call or text me anytime. I work for you. That's the bottom line. So anything anybody needs, you call, let me know. You three, Pruitt, TJ, Courtney, you all keep up a good work. Keep pushing Boyd County forward, and I appreciate everything you all do. Thank you. We appreciate you. Yeah, Judge, we really appreciate you coming on to the show today. Uh, this is We're going to wrap this up. This was our first episode. We want it to be known that mm-hmm. this is going to be something we're going to continue. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to try out. We're, we're learning. We're working the kinks out. But one of the things that we want to do is like everything that this administration has done up until this point is be transparent. So if there's a topic, if there's a guest, if there's any kind of uh, discussion that you would like to see on this show, reach out to either the Boyd County and Community Economic Development Facebook page or the Boyd County Tourism and Convention Bureau Facebook page. We're all uh, very active on social media. We'd be happy to see what your requests are, and we'll be happy to see them uh, hopefully come up on the show and get a guess, any guests on or any discussions uh, take place that the people want to hear. So, Courtney, Justin, is there anything else you all would like to say? Um, just quick, if you are going to reach out to Tourism on Facebook, an easy way to find us is just by searching the initials, BCTCB. Uh, you'll see our awesome logo that was created by TJ Morrison. <laughs> That's the cover photo. Yeah, and I hope everybody enjoyed the first podcast. Yeah. This is uh, going to be more to come. Like it's going to be a. This is another door that we're opening for the public to you know to kind of step through. Like you know we're we are a part of the public too. We are a part of the community. So we want everybody's ideas and we want all the info you can get. 
All right. Well, guys we and girls, we appreciate you tuning in today. And remember, we're always working for a better tomorrow here in Boyd County.